Welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. I'm Dr. Robert, and along with me is our own Blue Meanie, Zach. And we are here at Abbey Road Studios. And Zach, thank you for uh, finding well, Abbey Road. Wait, wait, Abbey Road? Uh, uh, yeah, Abbey yeah, Road. yeah, about Abbey Road. Um, yeah, they were books, so I found um, Abbey... Um, Abbey what? Abbey Normal. You put us in an abnormal studio? Might do. Well, my fault. we don't have Eleanor Rigney with us, but luckily we have, as a guest host, Caitlin. Hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, and, she's back. Well, we were supposed to be in Abbey Road Studios, so yeah, we yeah, may as yeah, well yeah, talk yeah, to yeah. Beatles. Yeah. Before we put on the Ritz and everything. But one of the things I was going to ask you, Caitlin, my friend Sam Snyder, you know Sam as well. Uh-huh. He recently, he's about, he looks like 12, he's probably in his 20s. I don't want to give you a name, Sam. He did the White Album in its entirely, and I want to ask, in terms of, Younger culture, what got you into the Beatles? I mean, they are kind of old. Yeah, um, well, I grew up with a singer-songwriter for a dad, so uh, I think a lot of it was partly that. Like, I think most of my music taste comes from that. You know, I grew up listening to Leonard Cohen and Tom Waits and the Beatles. and All my favorites. Yeah, yeah. so I, I kind of feel spoiled that I had such a great upbringing with music. I mean, I could say my own. I could pinpoint it, Yellow Submarine. And the reason for that... This was weird, but back in the day, I sound old now, back in the day, but every year on 4th of July on XXI, they would show Yellow Submarine. And I saw that, then my brother had yesterday and today, Mm -hmm. and there was a book called The Beatles Forever, and it was about a fan writing about the Beatles. And at the time, too, I didn't realize they broke up or anything, and it's like, oh, they broke up, everybody's gone. But that's when I started getting into them, and the first album I ever got was the Blue Great Sits album, mm-hmm. and I kept going from there and there and just. Was that the one where the disc kind of looked like an apple? No, that, that was the anthology, right? Or yeah, because I remember there was a blue one and a red one. My mom had them because my mom was a huge, still is a huge Beatles fan. My aunt was a huge Beatles fan, but I, I like I said, I grew up on Motown with my dad mm. and his music choices, but. And that's one thing, because he's already built me up as the blue meanie. I'm not, I like the Beatles, but I don't under, I don't see, I don't have that obsession with them. Were they great musicians? Yes, George more so than anybody else. However, growing up in the time back in, you know, the 60s when they came around, I can see why people flock to them, but it just, it's very surprising how much of the younger generation is really rabid you, about them. You see bands now, you can hear them. Oh, you can hear many. I don't even know what music would sound like if they never became a thing. I mean, really. You well, really that's can. true. I mean, the musical influence is unbelievable. And one of the things, too, to ask any heavy metal band. They all say the White Elm's their favorite album. Sure. And it's just amazing how this... And I think part of it was John Lennon said it. He said that all of us as solo people, but together, they had that, I think, the importance of chemistry to mm-hmm. them. They did. Well, that, and that's another thing why you see their their solo acts. They were okay, but they never hit that level. Like, you know, Wings, Zari Paul. Well, John was too raw in some ways. Paul was well, too syrupy. Yeah, well, John had his, you know, oh, no, I don't know what it would be for John. Really? Nothing? You didn't see what I did there? What? I said, oh, no, I don't know what it would be. Oh, there it is. Oh, <laughs> well, one of the things too oh, yeah. is remember they started off really, and well, the ones who are alive would tell you obviously they wanted to be Buddy Holly. Really, that was a big thing. They really huh. did. Paul loved Buddy Holly's on the tribute album, but then I think what happened is you grew with them because you go from that type of rock to what they mm. became. Yeah, they had so many iterations from like that kind of boy band phase to like their 
more drugged out, you know. Well, did you ever see, okay, those albums we talked about, the Greatest Hits albums? Yeah. You get them, they have the picture on the front of them when they were young, then five, six years later on the back, they all got the hippie beards. Yeah, the beards and the long and hair that. and the beads. Mm-hmm. and It's like, wow, that was a big change in mm-hmm. five years. But and it's pe- all great, too. People were upset by that. Some people, when Ru- I know that book I read, The Beatles Forever, he got upset because of Rubber Soul. He got, that's my favorite album. Which, talk about it a little then, <laughs> yeah. if you want to. No, I mean, I, that, I, it's just a great album. I mean, Yeah, everything. I think that's yeah. considered their best album, even though that's like apples and oranges mm, with them. It totally you could say. is, yeah. But that's the one I think they really, and again, the English version probably was a little different from the American. Yeah. A lot of them were. But that's the one where they really started. I think the sitar came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the greatest songs ever in my life. Oh, in my life is on my top five, I think. That would be so top good. five. Yeah. That's just incredible. That's just one of those songs that yeah. you hit that and you think about that. They do a song like that. If I ever did a song like that, I would quit this podcast, retire. <laughs> right. I'd be the in my life guy. Because you, you, that's what you want to be remembered for, right? But there would be a guy that if they put on a concert again, what would you choose even? If, say they performed, say they were still around, what are you going to play? Because everything's... You know, we were, we were. I was on my way here trying to think about my favorite Beatles songs and yeah. I... I literally can't. Like, it depends completely on your mood, you know, on where you are in your life. Because there's so many great songs that fit every part of... You know. I have differences on that, too, because one of the ones for me was Hey Jude, just because when I went through bad times in life, it was sort of a comforting. Sure. But for me, the number one would probably be Strawberry Fields Forever. Oh, yeah. Which, weird, it's not about Strawberry Fields. It's about a dismal orphanage by where John grew up. <laughs> right. And, of course, if you listen to it, beware at the end. They say, I buried Paul mm. in the fade out, which actually John said he says cranberry sauce. <laughs> but have you ever heard that? If you ever hear it, listen I never, to it. I never noticed that before. I'm going to have to check that out. The yeah. other one I really like is my, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, yeah. And now this was one of the first on the White Album was the first album. They really had a gang mentality with them. Mm-hmm. Nobody played on their albums. But the White Album, they started bringing in guests. And mm-hmm. the guitarist in that one, Derek Clapton. Oh, really? I and I think that, yeah. that's one of the best guitar solos I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, I won't mention the bad ones, I've seen some bands absolutely butcher it. Sure. I've seen one band, <laughs> I will not mention, and I don't know any of them, so it's fine, huh? But one of the things, they played the song, I could not even imagine, I didn't know it was a song until they said it. Mm-hmm. Now, Sam, he did good. Oh, I'm sure he did. I'm, I'm one, sorry I missed it. And one of the best, well, you had to play. Yeah. But you didn't play that. <laughs> you played it on the violin. Right. And one of the things about that, though, is just that he hit it good. And one of the best versions I've ever seen on that was actually Todd Rundgren when he played at German House. He oh. did a version of it, and he ripped. Oh, yeah. Cool. I really think, do you have a favorite Beatle? No, I don't. You don't? Mm-mm. Not Ringo? No. <laughs> okay, now I have to say, did one, someone per- say Ringo? one person, this one person where I walked my dog years ago started a random conversation with me. Tried to prove the case that Ringo was the only talented Beatle. What? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The only talented I think this person Beatle? was bad. <laughs> Had to have been. I mean, now, I, I have to name drop a little. I met Pete Best when he played the Harmony House. I don't know if you saw him or not. Mm-hmm. I think no. we were too young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the old CI of experience. But well, also, played... I was on Long Island. Yeah, so. I'll get you have the excuse. Yeah. What happened was Pete Best played at the German house years ago, and I knew I knew Andy Bubiak from the Chesterfield Kings, and mm-hmm. I went down to the House of Guitars, and he was doing a signing, and Andy's like, you want to meet him, talk to him and stuff. And I talked to Pete Best a little bit, and he seemed very... What happened with him, when the anthology came out, he was working as a file clerk. The anthology came out, he got royalties. So mm-hmm. now he's rich. 
awesome. So like 50 years from now, you'll be getting royalties from this. And <laughs> it'll pay off. But the but he got replaced, but he seems very happy. But the story goes, there's a lot of different stories. One of them was that he just didn't fit in. Mm. Another one was he wasn't that good of a drummer. And I don't know. You can hear some on the anthology. The other one was that Paul was jealous of him because he was getting all the girls. <laughs> huh. So we don't know. But Ryu gets made fun of a lot. I don't think that's fair in a way because he had something. They weren't just going to bring in some clown. Right. I mean, if he wasn't if he wasn't amazing, they wouldn't have kept him. But I'm wondering, do you think he gets made fun of more just for the times he tried to sing? Because his voice wasn't... I think because he's Ringo. Well, not just that, but his voice was... Whew. I mean, it was a little Believe weird. Believe it or not. Lot, that thicker accent. Ringo, you know who was one of the best solo performers of the Beatles at the beginning? Ringo. Really? He had the five top ten hits in a row. And they didn't think the same... They thought the same thing because the first album of the Ringo solo is a Beatles reunion. You don't realize this. They all felt worried that his solo career was going to bomb. Mm-hmm. What happened was none of them play on it together, but all the Beatles are on that album. Hmm. Weird. But I always I tend to veer more now toward George. Yeah, I've always thrown my vote for him because he was kind of like the the unsung one. He didn't really get a lot of attention, but he really should have because of just how damn talented he was. And you can speak to this because you're a musician. I listen to him again from my perspective. I go, there was the balance. I mean, they had Ringo and John. It's a really good thing they had Paul and George for the musicianship. But what do Mm -hmm. you think of their musicianship in terms of? I mean, I think they're amazing. I think when people try to compare them to other bands, I don't even understand what you're talking I, the about. The scary part like about that. it is, really, you think about it that Paul could have played every instrument. And and their 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 songs are a lot more complicated um, musically than than you might give them credit for. You know, I've actually like you know when I was trying I was trying to like learn guitar and stuff, and I was like, oh, learn some Beatles songs. Oh no, they're. <laughs> Much more difficult than I thought they were. I mean, those chord progressions are out of I control. could point to one, come together. Yeah. yeah. I've heard yeah. the solo is very, very difficult. And you think about all the changes they did in a two-and-a-half-minute song. Oh, yeah. Like, how did their hands stay attached? I don't know. You know it's like, incredible. You know. But that's the thing. You know, musicianship-wise, incredibly talented band. And they, they did it themselves. They weren't fabricated they like other bands. They were very big, unlike the, the monkeys, monkeys, where they're ripoffs. Mm-hmm. And they really did have that gang all-for-one, yeah. one-for-all mentality where they were saying, no, you don't have anybody else on there. And yeah. the fact that they could change their sound so many times and still be them and still be amazing is really and They unique. did this in their 20s. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I might pay. I'm not. I'm yeah, we, I missed the boat on that one. Gone. But you think about that. They were done. Imagine being in the Beatles. Mm. You do this, you're going to hit 30 and you're done. Yeah, 30 and you never have to work again in your life. Yeah. Oh, God, would that have been nice. But the progression, that was... <laughs> Swung and missed. And I think that you don't see that in a lot of bands these days where... And I think... And I'm, I admit I'm not a huge fan of U2. I like their early stuff. But the one thing I like about them, or one of my all-time favorites, Tom Waits, who mm-hmm. I love yeah. and I adore and mm-hmm. everything else, and I could go on about Tom Waits now oh, forever. Oh, yeah, same here. <laughs> and, we'll have to do an episode on him. Yes, yeah. but we'll wait for that. Aye. But one of the things I like about him is like when he did Alice or mm-hmm. Mule Variations. Uh, Mule Variations. Oh, he did it in a barn. Things. Yeah. He did it in a barn? He did it in a barn. If you can listen to it, he recorded it in a barn. You can, if you really it's listen. all those creaky sounds and yeah. things. It's Chocolate real. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. They just like, they just, like pulled stuff out of the barn. We're like, let's clink these together. They did it in a barn. And I guess you can hear chickens or something in the background awesome. if you listen really hard. Mm-hmm. That's funny. But one of the things I like about that is they're... Every Beatles album, I can imagine growing up with you, but I said you too, because what happened with you too is like, especially when they came with Octone Baby and Zeropa, 
you wondered what they were going to do next. Yeah. And I know Bono said that, well, we don't want to be bored. And how many bands do you get out there, buy one album, you don't need another one yeah. because it's the same stuff. Yeah. But the Beatles were like, oh my goodness, what are they doing? Yeah, for sure. Now, yeah. one of the big ones was Sgt. Pepper. And now the story goes that this was inspired by Pet Sounds, that Paul heard an acetate at a party. Michael Love brought it into London. Mm -hmm. But do you have any thoughts on some of those or Pet Sounds or anything? And I'm going, I'm not Pet Sounds, Sergeant Pepper. The Beach Boys can have their own. Leave them alone. Yeah, they have their own thing. But I mean, it's interesting how I, I, I know that they kind of respected each other as, you know, contemporaries of each other and, and competed a little bit. That's what they yeah. said. And Paul said, we really have to up our game. Yeah. And if you ever listen to the Zombies or Odyssey and Oracle, I like it a real lot, but all it is is Pet Sounds rip off. Mm. That inspired so many. I don't know if it's some people will criticize and say yeah, it's kind of boring. It's kind of, but they did something never done before. Mm. That's why they brought in an orchestra for Day in a Life, right, right, which right. was amazing. How many times do you hear that when the band, a pop band, brings in an orchestra? Yeah, it's pretty epic. I mean, that album probably Day in the Life, but. Most of the songs are just, they're all psychedelic. And then that's why the mm -hmm. Rolling Stones did their Satanic Manages Request, which stunk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They'll tell you that. I don't have to <laughs> say that. What do you often wonder, like, because you said it was the first time it was done, do you ever think the first people to do something usually don't get the credit they deserve for it? Oh, absolutely. But then they lay the groundwork for somebody else, like, oh, they pioneered it. Well, well, Bo Diddley always says, if I could have trademarked my guitar sound, yeah. because so many people are Chuck Berry. Right. Oh, yeah. God, Chuck Berry. I mean, white people pretty much ripped off black people so hard with, oh, with music well, that I don't even know it, where to start with well, that. Well, yeah. one of my little criticisms all the time is, what was Elvis? They yeah. found a white guy who could sing black. Yeah, because he was yeah. a gospel And they would singer. take all these, don't they would take all these, all these wonderful African-American musicians, yeah, yeah. and they would bring them in, and they'd get these white bobby socks for guys to yeah. do them. It's horrifying. Yeah. Because that's where it came from. Yeah. Well, they had hillbilly music, sort of mm -hmm. country music and mm -hmm. everything. And all these British kids, they used to get the music. They would go to the record stores. And that's what John Lennon loved all the 50s rock. Right. Like when he did that album, Rock yeah. and Roll. Yeah. He really loved that. That's the irony. One of the ironies to point about the Beatles, they were always so cutesy. <laughs> and I love the movie Help. I admit it's... Have you ever seen it? A long time ago. I don't remember it that well. Okay. I can help you with it. Here. <laughs> it's basically a bunch of... A lot of people point to it as a bunch of music videos. Mm. Because that's what they do. And one of the things about it to me was when I was a kid, and I didn't know a lot of history about them yet, that's what I imagined them as being, not the real stuff that we all know about. Four guys, they lived in the same house, they had yeah. all this camaraderie. But the thing was, they grew up in Liverpool, and they were street toughs. You ever see the thing from Hamburg? Mm -mm. There's a picture from when they played a 24-hour gig. There's John with a toilet thing around his neck a toilet seat around his neck they all got syphilis oh. they all and then the stones were all posh english kids they grew up in london mick went to economic school huh. so but everybody thinks of the rolling stones as these tough guys yeah, yeah. the gritty the gritty yeah yeah but then but i think probably because the one the first vision every american had of the beatles was the ed sullivan show mm. and they came out like the the suits and the ties and the hair it's and like, oh, how windy. could they be gritty and, you know, tough? Look at them. They're dressed like bankers. And then they asked, like, the, the question somebody would ask Gringo, what's your haircut, what's your hairstyle like? And he gave it a name. Oh, yeah. And they all do all these quips. And thank you, all of the back, in the front, the back cheer for us in the front, please just rattle your jewelry. <laughs> but I guess they hated playing after a while because yeah. you couldn't hear. No. It was crazy. I mean, because you've I've seen video clips of 
when they would announce them and the screams even through an, yeah. a 50 th- year old recording it was deafening like yeah. i had to turn the, the volume down because the screams were just like like almost to the point of sub of subsonic I don't even know how they heard themselves play. They, they probably did. didn't. They didn't. Yeah. No, they didn't. They said they were just, they couldn't, they got really, I guess George especially was like really ticked off. He said, and sad because I, loving the group so much, he sounded miserable. Yeah. And he said, he yeah. John said help was actually a call for wanting to quit. They should have just been more like Nina Simone and just been like, all right, everybody shut up. <laughs> just I, shut up. Do you think it, it's play. kind of ironic that I one saw of the most... one of my friends do that actually at a concert where she just, she just said, shut up. It's like, you're, you're, she didn't say shut up, but she said, you're here to see a show. Quiet. Yeah. I think it's ironic that one of the most popular bands in the history of the world was kind of killed by their fan base. Yeah. You know, that just drove the love of music out of them. It sure. did. George said he wanted to quit since around, him and Paul did not get along very well. Mm-hmm. And I'll bring that one up if you ever seen Let It Be. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. It's called, basically, if you want to see a train wreck. Mm. The Beatles. It was Paul's idea was to do. It was called Get Back originally, and what it was going to be was they were going to try to get back to their roots. And he thought of this idea of just driving around England and playing in pubs. Imagine you go to a pub and the Beatles show up and play. Mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin did that once. They had to keep twenty thousand people out of the pub. Wow. Good God. Because it was a thing, but they but they didn't end up doing it. But what happened? It was called Get Back. Let it be. They were going to record, and it basically shows a band falling apart. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to it. George doesn't talk to Paul at all. He only mm-hmm. yells at him once. Mm-hmm. It's just dismal. And then you think of one of the, the amazing things about them. Remember, became Let It Be. That was not their last album. Abbey Road was. Mm-hmm. So imagine. Abbey Normal. Abbey Normal. Or for us, Abbey Normal. Thank you. Where we should be right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks yeah. a lot. Daylight Savings Time hit me and I couldn't book it. Especially in time. when we we're supposed to be in the UK and we missed our flight, huh? Oh, well. <laughs> but, anyways. They imagine this band, they're afraid, they're falling apart. And one of the theories is they knew this was going to be the end. They managed to go to Abbey Road Studios. They make, I think it's a fantastic album. Would you say so? I love Abbey Road, yeah. I mean, and they did this, and imagine they just, it was like their last hurrah to go around. Yeah. If you remember the songs on it, do you remember any favorite? Uh, you know, uh, that's it's why all I, have right. this, I have this, but I, I, I love Oh Darling. Oh I love Darling. That song. I'm not yeah. going to sing this. And I here comes the song. Oh my, there's so many great songs yeah. on here. Here comes the sun is incredible. Carry that weight. I mean, yeah. The, the ending, the ending, sort of the. Remember the, the final thing is not in the end. The love you take equal the love you make. It's actually Her Majesty the Pretty Woman. It's at the end. That little thing at the end oh, there. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. remember, after that fades out, they do that. Mm-hmm. But I guess I never give you your money. It's about a thing with Alan Klein. Mm-hmm. And come together's on there. But here comes the sun is probably George is so yeah. underrated. That's such a sweet. It's just like a really sweet song. I think know? of it in our Rochester winters all the time. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I when have... was the last time we saw the sun? Right. In a song, Frank Sinatra covered something. Yeah. I uh, I have the, the, the problem where I listen to the wrong music in the winter. I make it, like, I exacerbate the winters here by listening to, like, Elliot Smith and, like, Sufjan Stevens, <laughs> and then I'm getting really depressed. I always, well, you listen to his Christmas song, Sufjan? He's got no. a Christmas song. Does he? Yeah. And the other one I always listen to, I admit here, we jump around because we're the carnival. One of my all-time favorite songs, and I listen to it too much, and it depresses me, is Twilight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen to Michaela Davis's cover, too. She does a very good one. Oh, she does, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it gets me because it's really about somebody who's into drugs. Yeah. And what he says, he's trying to go, go with this girl, but what happens is he always says, 
he's already with somebody, but we, it's just between me and his addiction. Oh, that's I'm what it's when he says I'm, I'm already somebody's baby. Yeah. Oh wow, I you're didn't good know to that. me. You're nice to me. Interesting. But I'm already somebody's baby. It's not about another woman it's or another relationship. Drugs. It's about being on drugs. <gasps> that's even more depressing. But I yeah, listen well, to it. And I'll just put that. I'll put that like on. He couldn't get sadder. Yeah. And, I'll put and that's on, all she wrote. And I'll always get myself with Hallelujah. I don't care if it's been overplayed. I'll play John Cale's version oh. and. Leonard's version is the only one I really That one I like him and John in Buckley's. Yeah. And I could see yeah. the Beatles doing a song like that because oh. they had Let It Be. Yeah, yeah. And their covers are just so great. I love every cover they do. Would you have a favorite? Um, I don't know. I think You Really Got a Hold On Me might be my favorite. Maybe, oh, that's... Maybe uh, the Mr. Postman. Oh, I that's love Mr. Postman. Yeah, you know what I like? One. I admit this one. It's a little of a novelty song, but it's Sheik of Araby. No, I don't know. It's on the first anthology album. Okay. Sheik of Araby. It's like sort of a novelty song from the yeah. 50s. But their early songs are really rock and roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like old school. Old school, yeah. Motown-ish. Please, Mr. Postman. Yeah. Just rules. Yeah. <coughs> that one's really good. And Matchbox, mm-hmm. Chuck Berry song. Because mm-hmm. I think the, the first album, what they usually did was they played a couple of originals. They just put a bunch of filler on. Mm-hmm. With them, it was never filler. No. But think about it again. We said that you go from that old 50s rock and roll to what they went into. I know. Yeah, that trip to India really... Really changed That really everything. messed a few things Well, you know, up. Sexy Sadie John became disillusioned with the Maharishi. He thought he was a crook. Oh, really? So you know what Sexy Sadie really is? The real, original title's Maharishi. Oh. And it was his John, you know, being John. And as a favor to George, he changed it to Sexy Sadie. Mm-hmm. But it's really, it was Maharishi, you fooled everyone. Oh, and I oh. guess if you look, hmm. uh, the reason Led Zeppelin did Stairway to Heaven was because Harrison told them to do a ballad. Hmm. But I guess what they did was, if you listen to Rain's song, the first couple chords are something. Hmm. It's kind some- of amazing the clout that Harrison had. You know, he's telling other bands and even John Lennon with the, you know, ego he developed later on to do something and they just, boom, instantly did it. Well, the fallout, I guess, happened with that because George is a little younger. I guess he would, he really liked John, but he believed Paul sort of got in the way and blocked him a little bit. So that's, I guess, some of the animosity started. And I guess he really, what happened was he got ripped off by an agent, as happens a lot. That's why he did the Beatles anthology. He really didn't want to do it. You know, that's why uh, Leonard Cohen did his one of Because his he last got ripped up when he was on Mount Baldy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the London show that he did? Yep. Yeah, and I, I, that made me really sad, but he, he seemed happy to be up the there. The story I've heard about Cohen was that he, it's like, Leonard, you got to tour. I want to tour. I don't want to tour. Yeah, yeah. Then once he started touring, he loved it and he yeah. kept going. I saw him in Toronto. It was yeah. just that initial get out there. You should have seen him. I was him. so sad oh. I never saw him. I saw him. I, yeah, I was so, oh. one, I was sad that I never got to see him. And then I, a lot of people were very broken up when he passed. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, like I the entire that. city of Montreal, I think, went into mourning. I had to turn the radio. Like I heard on the radio and, I, and then they said something else that was really depressing about like Trump or something. And I was just like, turn the radio off. Well, I can't like do I, it. Because I, I heard it. Everybody from, knows the war is over. Everybody knows a good guy yeah. lost. I, I heard it from a friend of mine and I'm in the middle of a conversation with somebody. And I'm like, oh, my God, Leonard Cohen died. And, and I'll tell you, the one in Toronto... These fans went crazy, and he came out. He looked like the gentleman. He would do things. He's like he'd do the knee bend, take yeah. his hat off. Yeah. Yeah. The other one like that because we jump all around. The Beatles really influenced all these. I mean, pick a band they didn't influence. I can't think. Maybe I mean, Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> you never know though. Would they could say, have had a song, one song, and one yeah. album in buried somewhere. Of, now I admit, I hear this in Old Lang Syne, your mm-hmm. band. I hear mm-hmm. his Beatles in it. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
You admit it. <laughs> well, everybody's been influenced by the Beatles. I mean, I can and I can't really say that for sure with Old Lang Syne, but it, it, you know, I get a little like it. I think, I think it's honestly just like a cultural thing where it's it's impossible not to be. Influenced. The other one you have to see to check out. I saw him last year, and it just reminds me of Leonard Cohen or something. Is Nick Cave. Mm, yeah. And Nick Cave, I thought, put on one of the best shows I ever saw. He's got this presence to him. Mm-hmm. Leonard Cohen had the same thing. Mm-hmm. The one I regret, oh, Tom Waits, i never seen. Yeah, I, I really hope he does at least one just like I, one more tour before he... he... might. When but I he's such in, a weird dude about that he's stuff. He's getting up there, though. I'm I heard so... he's got some health problems, too. I've heard that as well. Oh. And that's just a shame. So this could be a little about Tom Waits as well, because he did, yeah. like, if you listen to Alice, it's very Beatles-esque. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, I guess he played straight. He played at the auditorium years ago. I lived in Washington. Really? I was back visiting my parents. I didn't hear about it. So what I tried to do was, I guess he stayed at the Strathallen. I oh went looking. I went looking for him. I'd love to say I hung out with the uh, we yeah. party. No, I never saw him. But I heard he liked wine. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's a story about the Pogues. He was playing in Ireland, and they thought. You know, the master here, Tom Waits, we have to party with him, you sure, know, like Bill sure. Murray. It was 9 o'clock here, he went to bed. <clears throat> oh, really? Well, he married Kathleen Brennan. I think he's more of like a country gentleman now. Mm. Well, did you ever see any of his the movies he acted in? Oh, yes. The, the old, old uh, Coffee and Cigarettes. Yeah, the old was Coffee, it, I love, Psychopaths. You and Jim Jer- yeah. the, the One from the Heart. Jim Jaramouche movies. Yeah, the one from the heart. Down by law. Down by law. That's the one. I that was a. That one. Oh, that's. Oh, a, that's a uh, cool he movie. plays Van Helsing in Dracula. Yes, oh I forgot. Yes, he does. But the Beatles that brief did a lot cameo. Of, remember, the Beatles did a lot of movies too, as well. John Lennon was in How I Won the War. There was actually a band here recently called the Gripweeds, named after his character. Yeah. And I have to admit, I have never seen a Beatles movie. Never. Ever. Wow. Never seen a Beatles movie. Never seen an Elvis movie. Never what? seen an Elvis movie. Yet. Not out of spite, I just never. You know what Elvis movie? You'll sit there. I would say Viva Las Vegas would be the one to watch. Not Blue you'll Hawaii. Si- you'll sit there. I si- you'll sit there about twenty minutes ago. That's the only one I've ever sat through. Mm-hmm. But the Beatles movies, I love to help. A lot of people like A Hard Day's Night better. Mm-hmm. Have you seen all of them? Or you know, I have. Oh, I have. So I've, I can... I've seen like one or two, but I, it's it was so long ago. I barely remember them. Hard Day's Night, they really liked. I liked Help better, so I'm in the minority there. Magical Mystery Tour, to be honest. Watch it for I Am the Walrus, okay. the music, because it's not very good. Cuckoo, cuckoo. And as we were talking about, and maybe in the future you'll be on our little fantasy Buffy everything episode, mm-hmm. but did you know that Paul McCartney had the idea of doing a Lord of the Rings movie? Oh, really? And they were going to have George was going to play Gandalf. <laughs> I'd have paid to see it just play, for that. John was going to play Gollum. He was going to be wow. He was going to be Sam, and the Gringo was going to be Frodo. Ringo was going to be Frodo? It's either, I know it was John was Gollum, George <coughs> was the obvious for Gandalf. Right, right. Yeah. I think Paul was Sam. Okay. And then Ringo was Frodo. That's that great. doesn't make sense. You'd think it would be the opposite way with those two, but. Huh. I'm trying to do the accent. Cheerio, we have to go to Mount Doom. I can't yeah, do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hip, hip, cheerio. Yeah. But Jesse John, my precious. Yeah. Did you ever see that music video of, um, if that's the song name, but uh, you have to hide your love, hide your lover away. Dumb. And, yeah, and they, uh, it, the the girl that they were singing with in the in the room was Miss Minchin from that old kids movie, um, uh, Little Princess. Oh, yeah. Huh. If you ever see it, don't because it's terrible. But Kiss beats <laughs> the Phantom. They actually do Beth. And because Kiss, what they tried to do is they wanted to be the heavy metal Beatles. That's why they always rag on Ace and. 
Peter because they say they think they're more than they are because they want to have four separate characters like mm-hmm. the Beatles. And they do a scene with Peter singing and they're all around. But the problem with them is it wasn't organic. Uh, and I think that's what the Beatles, you can't yeah. have, I don't know about either of you, but for me, one of the things with the Beatles, I've gone through life with different groups of friends. Some I miss, I always remember like in college, my roommates. And the, we always seemed there was, in every really good group of friends, there was like a Beatles thing. Where everybody had sort of a different personality where somebody could be, I was not the Ringo. Sure. I mean, they do that. You're the George. Periodically, they do that through like, you know, with different like TV groups and book groups, you know, that people just like to have those, you know, oh, like what was it in the 90s? It was Friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like who's the Monica? Who's the. I never liked know. that show. Uh, I, yeah. that one. I really just, that I, I admit it, I never liked that show. <laughs> yeah, and I think so. the other thing with the Beatles is there was never a reunion. Mm. And I think it's one of those where you could see the Stones now and Keith Richards is mummified. I saw the Stones at the halftime show of the Super Bowl in Detroit. Wow. But I've never seen them live. I saw them at <laughs> RFK Stadium, Old and I will joke. tell you, I'll show you this. I'm not going to say how long it was ago. But I saw them, <laughs> and it was literally, it was $28. So, yeah. think of that. It was worth it seeing Keith sit there balancing a cigarette in his mouth the whole performance. How? He had a cigarette. <laughs> Just had it like there, his cigarette in his mouth. Just, it yeah. was just like glued there. <laughs> it probably was. But no, what if, when was it? It would have been 2006 that I saw the Rolling Stones wow. perform. But isn't it kind of scary if you think about it in a way? These be, they've been around over 50 years. Yeah. It's, and, and for the Beatles, we always have the Beatles as the Beatles. We can say what might have been. And I always like to go through their solo albums. Now, for me, in terms of solo, all things must pass. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that? Mm-mm. Because it's George's solo. Okay. Band on the Run's actually really good. Plastic mm-hmm. Uno Band. Mm-hmm. Those are all really good. And some of Paul's later stuff now, like Run Devil Runs, they actually... Mm-hmm. And you know who the worst-selling Beatle was for solo was John. Oh, really? Because I think a lot of people couldn't take a lot of the raw... Because I think mm-hmm. for him it was the songwriter stuff. Yeah. It, it wasn't, wasn't the music. No, the music was was John, but the songwriting was... Ooh. Mm. You know that's, but that's the way they are, and I think every, I think they're eternal, though. I can't think anybody. I think they're still. They're well, they're, they're timeless. There's nothing about them that you go. Well, I mean, they have. You know, you can you can date them a little bit, but they they have this timelessness to them that's just. You know. I was telling this story yesterday about it was we were doing some theater stuff, and I was telling this story about years ago Dick Dale played here. And I'm sitting in line at the House of Guitars to meet him. And, of course, Dick Dale being Dick Dale, he's, two, he's an hour late. Then he talked to me for 20 minutes, and people wanted to jump me in the parking lot. No. If you ever meet Dick Dale, Mike Murray, our friend from Whole Lot of Shaking, said 10-minute interview turns into an hour and a half. Oh, wow. And he invited me to, to his house by the end of it. Wow. But at any rate, going on in my would you like hand, to come to my home? <laughs> I, I look over. He's 72. You know Dick Dale, the old surf guitarist from the 1950s. I look over. There's these three kids. They had to be from high school. And I just thought that was cool. But yeah. I don't see it with the Beatles. Yeah. Everybody likes the Beatles. Yeah. That's the thing. It, they have such a weird cross-section of fans, not just from different parts of the world, but different age groups. And now you're talking that you have people today that have never been alive when two of the four Beatles, yeah. when all four of the Beatles were alive, I should say, that love the Beatles. This yeah. is November and everything, so I'm thinking of cornucopias that we don't see them often anymore. Mm-hmm. And did you see Yellow Submarine? No. Uh, you have to see that. Tell me, get back to me on this one about the animation. I think it's fantastic. Cool. So I want to touch on a couple other things because it is November. And mm-hmm. what else do we have to do? You finally have time off, thankfully. Uh, Bless you. 
and everything. So I wanted to talk a little about anime, just a little. Sure. Depending on our time is whatever we get to. Oh, we're good. Okay. Anime. And one of the things I was going to say first on anime was just obviously Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli. You two could go on about this more than me. Really? Oh, no. And we're going to come back to anime. But what was the first anime thing you ever saw? Because I remember what mine was. Okay. It's not good. No. (laughs) So when I was uh, a teenager, (laughs) I I, I was friends with this kid, Patrick, who's... uh, who was super into anime, and he was like, okay, you gotta watch this sh- show with me. And I was like, all right. So we went to his house and we watched um, Rurouni Kenshin, which is about this, like, samurai who um, gives up this life of, like, I mean, he doesn't give up a lot of violence because he's still, like, kicking ass, but he, he doesn't kill people anymore. He was, like, an assassin, and then he changed his They ways. probably stole that from this thing called Lone Wolf and Cub. Maybe. There's been a very bad movie, but there's also comics about it. It's anime. Yeah. What it's about, it's a samurai who's <laughs> a baby with him. Oh, okay. And yeah, the movie I'd... actually has, like, the five masters of death, which are absolutely oh, silly. But, you know, if you ever see him, you can't miss him because yeah. he's got a baby with him. Oh, yeah. okay. But as an artist, in a way, how does anime different from American stuff? Because I have no freaking clue. Oh, um, well, stylistically, it's... I, I wouldn't say it's uniform because it definitely changes per studio. Um, but it's a lot more co- of a cohesive style than like you know western animation which has like so many different like um like you can go from the simpsons to you know uh triplets of belleville and it still counts as western so it's it's i feel like it's more varied um in the west but in in uh anime it's interesting because it's just it's got it's like its own insular world um which is really cool and the you know the great studios like gynax you know they're they make some some killer stuff. Well, what is Gyn- I Actually, one of the big ones for me is Studio Ghibli, so we can get sure. to that. But how is Gynax? I've never uh, heard of this. They did uh, this a really amazing show called Evangelion, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Dude, I, I remember yeah, that one. That's yeah, that's a really brilliant show. I mean, it's it's uh, it's dark and it's sad, but it's really smart and it's really um, beautifully animated. Some of these movies are not for kids. No, 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 no. This no. is not a kid's uh, show. Oh, it's a cartoon. <laughs> I'm going to go see a cartoon. Yeah. Oh. Here's one. The first anime... By technical definition of anime I ever saw, the Transformers back in the 80s because that was one of the first animes to come over to the United States. The old Transformers cartoon. Yeah. Because it was animated in Japan and then shipped back to us. Mm-hmm. I admit, I've been well. I've gotten into anime the last three or four years, and the reason was the well was poison for me because being a comic book person, at the comic book store we would go in, and people had a problem with the comic fans. We'd be we'd see them all because remember Van Helsing was anime actually mm. first there, yeah. but we would see there was one for example Batman. There was a Batman graphic novel by some really famous anime author, and always now it's just pointing everything else. And that's mm. so, but then I thought. It's beautiful but yeah. actually speaking of anime they did three different series i'm gonna can't remember there was an x-men mm-hmm. a wolverine and a third i can't remember but in japanese with the anime style wow and it was fantastic it was dark that's the cool thing about anime is it's um it you know it, the western western thing of animation hasn't wasn't really for adults until very recently. Like Ralph Bashke, some of those, yeah. like Fritz the Cat, yeah. like the Lord of the yeah. Ring movies, like heavy anim- metal. Yeah, anime oh, heavy was metal. like, most, a lot of anime is for adults, and it's not meant oh, for yeah. kids. I can it's say that, serious. I want to get into a little, there's a documentary, if you haven't seen, called The Dream Kingdom of Dreams and Nightmares, but Studio that. Ghibli. Miyazaki is yeah. a madman. He's, he's nuts. Awesome. But he's, he but makes I, some I great movies. I want to use a quote from him, because he, he complained about another film, he complained about one you like, Porco Rosso. I really enjoyed Porco Rosso. If you want to explain that for a second what did he now. say about it? Well, yeah, give the what quote about what he said like, about it. He's going, exactly what you said. He, he said, going, oh, you're Porco Rosso. 
That's for children. Oh. Well, wait, wait, you... is that bad though? I mean, no, he, that's he what, the way just... he said he said it's for children. It's like the way he sounded about it that it was just like a like kid's cont- movie. Like content, like a... very contemptuous about yeah. it. Like he sort of shook it off. Saying, yo, this is just for kids. Because like, Totoro, Totoro was for kids, and that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. My name, yeah, my name, Totoro's a little... No, I haven't seen it yet. Porco Rosso is... Oh, the best way to describe it, the main character is a pig, an uh, anthropomorphic pig who is a flying ace. And actually, in the American version, his voice is dubbed by Michael Keaton. Really? But it's just... And actually, Carrie Elwes. It, it's very I good. It. I enjoy it very much. When but Carrie Elwes is in it, he's the sort of bad. I mean, it's not really yeah, the bad the guy as much, but the guy is a foil. Yeah, the foil he's is not the best word evil, for it. evil, but he's one of those. He's like a brown bone. He was like my first like movie crush for sure. Oh, <laughs> all, all my friends loved him. They yeah. were in love with him from Princess Bride. Princess Bride. And everybody Robin loved. Hood. Yeah, I'm like the other Robin Hood. I can speak with the British accent. Everybody loved Carrie Elways. It was better than the people like, I'll get away from Tom Cruise. Like, well, you like Winona Ryder. Well, yes, I do, and I still do. Leave me alone. But going back to to the darkness of anime, you look at some of the stuff out there. Even the fireflies. Oh, my. I I cannot watch that movie ever again. I I was like, I saw it once, and I said, okay, that's it for the rest of my life. Not a Pixar movie, is it? (laughs) No. Um... Well, like well, other Studio Ghibli, Howl's Moving Castle, yeah. one of my favorites. Oh, Howl's Moving Castle is so beautiful. And it's also, yeah. Beautifully animated. It's a beautiful premise. Yep. It's, um, oh, it's just fantastic. You go back to that again, Miyazaki, he's utterly, you saw in the documentary how long it takes him to do this stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. He draws the whole That's movie. That's the thing. He draws. Well, no, he has well, a whole studio that. Yeah, that but he does, like, the storyboards, doesn't he? He draws some. I don't think he draws all of them, but he does. He does do like. But he's very hands on. And he's yeah, in his seventies, yeah, yeah. chain spokes yeah. like a nut. Yeah, no, he has a lot of animators, but they're and they all work so hard. And they have to do it his way. Yeah, like if like if I think that like comic books are hard to do, like animation, man, it's animation is like a. I would so not want to work for him though, because insane. you come in there, just line out of place. Yeah, like I mean, one line. he would be the definition of taskmaster. Mm. Yeah, and he's got his other one there. I don't know the other director's name who does a lot of the Ghibli, but he was he was like saying how they sort of compete a little bit. Yeah. It's friendly. But that's the thing, and that's why it's gotten so good lately was that friendly competition because I have to one-up yeah. like, spirit in the way. I do like, watch. I, I did see Mary and the Witch's Flower. Oh, I haven't yes. seen that one. Basically, I think it's on Netflix now. It's on. Oh, okay. You can get it at your friendly neighbor library, yeah, too, if you need to. Sure. One of the things about that one was really, I call it their version of Harry Potter. Okay. It kind of is, but it's just beautiful. Yeah. And that's another thing about these, especially the Studio Ghibli movies. The animation is gorgeous. Yeah. One movie I don't want to see from them is Earth, the Earthsea movie because I, I, I love the book so uh, much. You did the. You are smarter than I am because oh. Earth is Ursula Gwynn's book. Yeah, she's one of my favorite authors. They, call, they consider people. the one thing about. The, and I, oh, I'm blanking on the name. They consider her novel, and I've read it, but when they go to the planet, they don't have a sex. Oh, uh, the Left Hand of Darkness. Yes, they consider yeah. that the number two greatest science fiction it's book, but they consider Dune number one. So I think Left Hand of Darkness is better. Yeah. Sorry, Batista. <laughs> One of our he's, friends he's coming for. I'm going to tell him that if I see him. Yeah. But, but that's. But, I think she's great. She just passed on. N- no adaptations. Yeah, she just did. I know it was really. It was. It was a hard. It's a hard time. But um, yeah, like the like Ghibli didn't really do. Nobody's done a good job with her adaptations, and I, I've no. always wanted to like. I've always had this like pie in the sky dream of like doing like there a you go. Of, like, gonna say, I was gonna say the way that statement began, I know something is yeah. about to fall out. This up. way, unfortunately, she's dead. She can't criticize you. Oh, I've always wanted. No, actually, my okay. So my big like uh, 
my big brag, right, was this was years and years ago. I had like for a blink of an eye, I had like a like a children's book agent, and he goes, "What would you like to do if you could just like anything?" And I said, "Anything?" And I said, "I would love to do something with Ursula K. Le Guin, like anything." And he's like, "Okay, let me talk to her people." And I said, "What? <laughs> okay." So oh. he talked to their to her agency. She looked at my website and she and she saw one of my paintings of like one of her character Vetch, one of her characters from The Wizard of Earthsea, and she liked it. And I was like. Oh, like, that's oh all my I need. God, like, I could die I want to copy that. <laughs> yeah, that's I have all to, I need. I have to go actually segue back for just two seconds to the Beatles for that because I do have the two personal stories. Where oh, the yeah. one, a friend of mine, this is really quick, we'll go back to anime, but they're just amusing and I have an opportunity to tell them. A friend of mine, years ago, a friend of my brother's lived in New York City and he was going around, you know, John Lennon's at the Dakota. And if you saw him walking around, depending on how he was, he was very moody, but he would sign for you. Mm. So he, he had a Beatles album. And he had him sign in. John Lennon signed. He talked to him. It was perfectly pleasant. He never looked at it. He gets home and he finds out he signed to Paul McCartney. Wow. Yeah. So can you imagine now? Wow, yeah. And the other one was there's a book about George Harrison. And there was a student recount. She's an American student recounting hitchhiking through England. And she's out in the countryside. And there's a big building with hedges and stuff. She's waiting for the bus. It's late. It's starting to rain. This guy comes out of the bushes. He's like, well, what's, what are you doing? She says, I'm a student. You want to come in and have some tea? You're busting after two hours. It was George. Oh. Anybody think it's weird that George was just coming out of the bushes at a bus stop? <laughs> no. It was his house. It was literally the stop was in front of his house. Well, no, I'm just saying. Like, Don't you just hmm? hang out in bushes and then come out to scare people? Well, no, it's like, um, you know, hello, my name is Zach, or as you ladies know, hey, you in the bushes. That, that was the perfect weird. setup. Thank bush you for that. That was, that was wonderful. But there's a couple. There's another one that... I think this one was different in anime because I thought the animation was really different. I want to make, I wrote it down so I don't screw the name up because you corrected The Tale of Princess Cayuga. Oh, that's also Studio Ghibli. Yes, yeah. but it looks like it was all painted yeah, or something. Yeah, it's, it's one of the only, uh, it's the only like standalone, um, like stylistically movie I, that I know about Ghibli because Ghibli ha- has its own uniform style, which is actually kind of like a, they're also an outlier in, an, in, an, yeah. in anime in general because they have a very, very specific style that you can you can go oh that's that's a Ghibli movie. oh yeah I do that I'll yeah. see something and go that's a yeah, yeah. that's Ghibli that's Ghibli that's yeah. no doubt it's like Tom Waits the first time I heard Tori Amos say perform time, uh, time. I go I mean it's it's Tom Waits it has yeah. to be her cover was it, great though as soon as Matilda told I knew who this was mm-hmm. same thing and one of the I think my favorite still. I can watch it a hundred times, spirited away. Yeah. Oh, I saw that in theaters last week. I was going to say they put putting a lot of the yeah. Ghibli stuff out in the theaters. It's incredible what you miss when when you don't see it on the big screen. Like little things that people add that you're just like, why? Like you just you just think feel tired thinking about the an- the poor animator that was just like, I'm just going to add this little thing here and this little thing here that was like no- almost nobody saw. But it's amazing. It's amazing. I like, I'm a fan of what I call the little things where you watch something like, for example, did you know, and I did not know this, we did not know at Nightmare Before Christmas uh-huh. that one there, when we saw it at the RPO, Mickey Mouse is in there. What? Mickey Mouse is in the movie. Where? Uh, we didn't see him. We did notice that Zero's nose is a pumpkin. We never noticed yeah, that before. See, is I, it really? Yeah. I, I never We're noticed like, him when so you told me he's that. He's like, oh, you see it? Huh. It's a pumpkin. If you see it, it's a pumpkin. I always thought it was a red thing like that. Yeah. Oh. But Mickey Mouse is in the movie. They say if you, you have to see it, we did not see him. I'm going to have to huh. look for that. Because would, I, I thought they would get their, they would get sued. It's a Disney film. Oh. Yeah. It's a Disney film. So That's they why can it's do okay. The... So they can do whatever they want. Gotcha. Disney rules the world. Yep. Right. They sure do. But I mean, I mean that might be annoying. So soon we'll have Han Solo versus Wolverine. 
Yeah. It's going to happen. It might be annoying for you sometimes, but I know a lot of work you put in, but when I, I enjoy the little things. I like seeing, yeah. wow, that person, it's like the, the old stop animation. Like, can you imagine doing oh, the no. move the figure for then yeah. somebody? It's uh, still being done uh, by Leica Studios. It's know? utterly insane. Yeah. Why don't we just go back to claymation because I miss the California raisins? Yeah. <laughs> I would too. I want but when that. I think of Spirit Away, I want to touch on him a little because hey, this is a cornucopia. I think of Neil Gaiman. Sure. Yeah. And remember the Dream Hunters? Um, yeah. It was a Sandman. He did he had a, a Japanese, Japanese anime. Yoshitaka Amano. Yes. He was the concept artist for Final Fantasy. And I think, in a way, Neil mm. Gaiman, you can draw a connection because he's so into myths and everything oh, else. Yeah. Yep. He's and, a fascinating character. We love you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's so into everything like this, though, like the mythology. I, like Sandman, I just absolutely... If you could ever draw Sandman, Sandman... If I drew the Sandman, I, I mean, I... It, that would be the ultimate, ultimate dream. Yeah. I, was, I, can do. I, I was just need. blown away by when I first read The Sandman. Yeah, I was me like, too. That was the thing wow. that got me into comics. I read like yeah. Preludes and Nocturnes in a night, and it blew my brain. I was right. just What's like, amazing what? is what he did. You had a, you had a, it's a concept where it had a beginning and an end. Yeah. Every story is a different artist, a different style. Mm-hmm. And he took this character, and you know what happened with him is I guess he wanted to do the story behind this is that he wanted to do the old Charlton thing, something like that. Yeah. He wanted to do some character, and they couldn't get the rights to it or something. They couldn't do it. Oh. So he did Sandman. Hmm. It's almost wow. like Alan Moore wanted to just do some of the old characters. Yeah. He ended up doing Watchmen because they couldn't get the rights to it. Right. He, he also tweeted recently that you shouldn't uh, totally poo-poo um, doing like work-for-hire stuff because that was a work-for-hire. He is a big, Sandman. big idea about that where he said he did a big commentary saying people go on about independent comics. And he said, like, Kitchen Sink, we could say that they're out of business anyways, that they screwed him royalty. Mm-hmm. Whereas he gets his check from DC. Mm-hmm. DC's never stepped on the character, unlike Marvel, which stepped on a lot of Frank no. Miller's character. And Alan Moore has his issues. But he says he still gets his check. They respect mm-hmm. my characters. He said, don't knock them because they're big. It's yeah. one of my all-time favorite comics. Yeah. Well, Do you have a favorite character out of the Endless? Oh, for sure. Probably I my mean, shirt that I wore the other time. Possibly Delirium. Um or death, death or delirium, one of those two. But I, I, uh, I really love the um, the artist Jill Thompson, and she oh did, yes, she Scary did, Godmother. I yeah, love Scary yeah, Godmother. Yeah. But she did also like the first time I saw her stuff was in Brief Lives, one of those Sandman yes. books. And I remember there, there was the scene specifically when Delirium and Dream are hanging out, and they go to this like uh, lawyer's office or something, and they're at the secretary's desk, and like. And they freak her out because it's not Delirium they're looking starts for, making... Are they looking yeah, they're looking for, for, they're for the brother. They're looking for destruction. Destruction, Because that's yeah. how they bring down the humanities on him because yeah. he has to kill... Spoilers, but he has to... His son. Yeah, spoilers from like 20 years ago. Is it yeah. really a spoiler if you just he has be to too kill lazy son, to watch if you it? Because if you kill a family member, the Furies could get you. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Saves my dad all the time. It was just such a great little scene because they, they meet up with the secretary and they're like... Uh, and the secretary's on the phone with her boss and she says... Uh, the the woman is making little frogs. <laughs> yeah, if you've never seen Delirium and Jill Thompson, she makes her very colorful. She's like a little punk yeah. girl, mm-hmm. and there's always little frogs. She's always butterflies. She's always mm-hmm. speaking gibberish. Because mm-hmm. I still picture, because Neil said Annie Lennox playing <gasps> Desire, and I just picture whenever yeah. I ever get or there. David where, Bowie. If he was still I, with us. That might be hard yeah, right now. It might be a little hard now. Well, no, no. They said, yeah, seen... He said the ideal for Morpheus would have been Daniel Day-Lewis. But no, if you've oh, seen America, yeah. if you've seen American Gods, Gillian Anderson is David Bowie. Have you really? seen it? Yeah. yeah. She plays um, 
That's incredible. Spoiler alert, it's uh, she plays media, if you've never read American yeah. Gods. You read the yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she so appears first as Lucy, you. and I'm looking at it, it's like, why does Lucy look so familiar? And I couldn't place it at the oh, time. no kidding. And then I saw the credits, and it said, you know, Lucy slash media or whatever, you know, Jillian Anderson, uh, and then she appears as David also, Bowie. Also, did you like, know recently was sad, I put it on Facebook about a year ago, the woman he based death on died. There was a friend of his friend's named Cinnamon, I guess. Because a lot of people think you look at her Winona Ryder as like sure. a goth girl or uh-huh. something. Because I found so many friends when they go his death, they just think she's a goth girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was his friend Cinnamon in England. That's who it was based hey, on. And I guess right. she passed away last year. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely dressed up as death for Halloween before. <laughs> you have the onk? That was the thing, the onk. The onk, yeah, I made it out of clay. Yeah, I Everybody's onk, dressed as death. Onk, onk, I made it out of that. <laughs> but if you ever read his book, you did a book on North mythology. Yep. Yeah, I haven't read that one, but it's actually the, co- <coughs> the cover was illustrated by one of my favorite illustrators, um, a guy named Sam Weber. Oh, yeah, he's really great. Isn't the uh, which the Mjolnir? I think it's a, or is it a hammer? Oh, I don't, maybe I have a different yeah, version. No, Mjolnir is the hammer. Yeah, yeah. It's Mjolnir. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Do you have a favorite other artist in that book? Because there's so many. There's Sam Keith. There's Mike Zuli. Um. There's actually Sean McManus. Yeah, I, mean, I still like. I think I like Jill's best actually. Yeah, Jill. Jill was the thing that really that really got me. But I think also. Um, the, the guy who inked, there was one that was that took place in the desert, and the inking was so fluid and beautiful in that one. And I can't remember who the inker was. You have though. to watch one also. There's one, if this is if Mike Zuli, you would like him. He's a lot like Jill Thompson. Alice Cooper did a comic book of The Last Temptation. Really? And he did it. It's really good. <laughs> that I need to get a hold of. Interesting. Well, I think Neil, I mean, Neil's good friends with Tori Amos. You know, yeah, I know she wrote that song, um, Tear Neil. in Your Hand. And he rents her house in she London, goes, I if, guess. If you need me, I'll, uh, me and Neil be hanging out with the Dream And thing. there's actually, I have I have it, there's actually songs about Neil Gaiman. There's a, there's a CD about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It's really good. Yeah, Tori Amos is amazing. I love oh, her. she's I do too. Yeah. You do a whole other whole episode. She, she belongs in the Sandman like anth- like world. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, I think she does. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. But no, uh, but the the one Neil thing, definitely check out uh, the TV show American Gods. I think they did a fantastic job. Oh yeah. And what he said, he worked on the. You know, yeah. one movie. Now I have to admit, I like this one. I get a lot of razzing for it, but I really liked it. I liked Mirror Mask. You know, I like Mirror Mask, too. I can see the flaws, for sure. I call it the dark crystal on acid. Yeah, yeah. that's a good description of it. I mean, it's, it's got the Dave McKean flavor to it, but oh, I, think, McKean, I think some of the the CG was a little You want weird. a weird one. If you've never seen it before, the graphic novel, I know they have it at the library. Don't buy it. It's that weird. Mr. Punch. Oh. And it's Neil hmm. Game, and it's a story about the Punch and Judy show told on the oh. English seashore. Wow. But it's that kind of art where they use all, like, how does he, how would you describe his art, sort of? You better in it than in, I In what? what? How would you describe, like, McKean's art, sort of? It's like um, collage, like fantasy collage, um, digital kind of mixed media. That's what the book is. It's sort of about the mystery. Because he said, Neil said, this is a, you don't see Punchy Judy anywhere else. It's a really weird English thing. Yeah. And he went into it. And it's sort of like an allegory. It's, it's his version of Dandelion Wine. Okay. By Ray Bradbury. Oh, okay. I had a bad experience I've never with read that, but that's, Ray but that's for a different Well, time. you know what's cool about that, though? Think about it in a way. We've read all this. That's something you have to look forward to. Yeah, I'm excited. There's like there's Ray Bradbury and um, H.P. Lovecraft. Those are two people I, I haven't. Some of the stories are really. Well, creepy. we've they got really both you and I have the purple leather bound edition, complete fiction of Lovecraft. And I, Zach's never read Shakespeare. I've read all of Shakespeare. I have He's never. Ne- I've tried. Really? I've never read a full Shakespeare oh, play. I could. There's a couple starter ones that are really well, good. Well, it's not with. that I just can't. My brain can't read a play. Oh, okay. With the breaks and the the things. Gotcha. And I was talking to the theater people yesterday. My brain is not wired to because I can 
if it was presented in a book, fine, yeah. I would blow through it. But mm. when you start seeing, you know, you know, Hamlet looks to his left off in the distance, like all right, and I have I, to bring just, one up. I shift. I think we're getting to this one. We'll have to come back and do some more of these. Oh yeah, sure, sure. we need to come back for more. Plus, you add intelligence to it otherwise. But I, I, I can't. We can't leave without this one because I mentioned it in Shakespeare. Neil Gaiman. If, Dan, one of the best things is, of course, is, Mid- is, is Midsummer Night's Dream oh, yeah. comic, yeah. Ovid. Ovid. Because if you've ever read... Mm. If, yeah, Shakespeare took What every, you like, read Ovid, Ovid, you go, okay, the legend of Lycanthropes from Ovid, like in the old prince, uh-huh. you go, Shakespeare has been reading this, Neil Gaiman has yeah. been reading this, yeah. all, take all your myths. Yeah. And that's Nothing, pretty much... Nothing's I've, original. No, I read Ovid. I can get that. It's just sh- yeah. the play thing. I... I, if I, I watch them? You can watch them, yeah. I mean, yes. there's, there's a Midsummer Night's Dream movie that I, I think is kind of underrated. It's got uh, Kevin Klein and... Oh, uh, I've seen it. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. It's Ooh. got uh, Stanley Tucci. Like, Stanley Tucci, yeah. I like, it's, and I that's like probably Kevin my Klein. favorite play, that or The Tempest. That's a really good one, yeah. The but Tempest. the thing is, it's like, it's like your work. Maybe it's not original for what you take from, but you make it your own. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. It's, I think everything is is just is recycled and in all unique ways. Like, we all kind of take from here and take from there and, and then we mix it up in our own that's what makes it unique yeah. is like how we s- spin it even this we hope like something yeah. people get something out of but, it but on your artwork I know recently Coyotes has finished up it is and it held its last I have issue 8 for you guys by the way you'll be the first ones to get it Ooh. we won't no spoilers no spoilers no spoil- we're gonna well, buy the trade yeah I'm gonna anyway, buy the trade you know. anyways oh, okay. All right. no I'll take I'm glad with you'll the issue the, but you know what okay. I do as a comic yeah. person now I, I seriously I have stacks Right. I get the trades because it's yeah, so much easier. But I love, and I, I've been looking forward to it. I, you know, and I, I hope it did well because well, I enjoyed I the first, so. the first half. It, it, it seems to kind of go down as like, like in popularity as it goes, especially if you're not super, like if you're not. Like, it's well, like Doctor well Who. I think yeah. sometimes because they yeah. always say like Capaldi was really popular, then he yeah. started going down. I think people these days their attention pans so small that wow, yeah. this is really cool, and they forget it keeps coming out. Right, yeah. and it's like it's a monthly thing. You guys. ever notice now a lot of comics? I never would have heard of this in my day. They always go to they do number ones four hundred times. Oh, okay. They do now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but but that's ending up, and then you're gonna take a little break. Yeah, take a much deserved. Breather and, and then you're going to do Earth C or something. Uh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> but we need our sponsor so he doesn't yell at yes, us. Yes, so he actually keeps the checks coming. I'm Sitnik and Associates. Law offices for you, the people. Celebrating 40 years this year, helping thousands of people with their legal issues. UpSitniksLaw.com, UpSitnik and Associates on Facebook. Caitlin, what do you got? you have anything to plug? Um, I have something for you to plug at the end, but go on. For well, the, the second Coyotes trade is coming out in a couple months. So. I think, what is it, February? You or know, January or February, I, I think. I should know this, but probably, yeah, one of those. Because well, I know they're taking pre-orders for it. That I, gets me like... And I, I've already pre-ordered it. I think it's February. It's February February to Greg 29th. Townsend because I've been at High Rises concerts where he's like, Rob, what's the lyric for this Buddy Holly song? Mm-hmm. I can't uh, tell you for you, mm-hmm. so... So that's but, the only plug thing I have. Well, the other plug yeah. thing is you just your band, Old Lady Line, just released a new CD. Well, it's not. Yeah, I play with them. Yeah, I know yeah, you're with them. They're, um, they are on their way. Well, I think they actually made it now um, down to New Mexico or not New Mexico, Arizona. Uh, Arizona. They're going. They're in. Bis- I did it in Bisbee. <laughs> yeah, you did. Where the coyotes are. So, yeah, right. They're in Bisbee. Um, I'm gonna go join them to play some music and hang out for about a month. In, I think that's the, the right time right now. It's the right time yes. to leave. And sure. the one thing we were going to, because we're not Yoko Una to sue us or anything, we were going to play a song from the new album, Seeds. You want to just explain it and set it up? The and new we'll album sit. is Cocopelli, and the, and the song uh, I think we're going to play is Seeds. And it's just a, it's a lovely album. I mean, every album is 
is different and also still feels like I have them. to add that when I have all their albums and I they're another band I look and go wow what are they doing yeah it's amazing how much they can they can change their sound but still sound like themselves and uh, in this one they have their kids featured in yeah. there and it's great so cool and we're gonna play seeds and end it with that and everything else and thank you Caitlin Th- yeah. sort of thank you you know yeah. oh yeah go back to Pepperland what do you yeah, do yeah, yeah yeah and I'm Rob and actually I'm not Dr. Rob because that was the Beatles drug dealer <laughs> Oh. It was in their song that was the guy they got their LSD from. So I'm just Rob. So he's Rob. I'm Zach. I'm Rob. The dream is over. Yeah. Thanks Caitlin. a lot. Caitlin, Bye-bye. we're having you back because there's a lot more to talk about. Yep, oh, yeah. Thanks Love a lot. Enjoy the guys. music. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Cool. Even if lightning strikes Or if thunder splits the sky If the mountains fall and rivers overflow You can never stop a seed from growing Even your world woes Even your civilization In the cracks of your schemes In the closet of your dreams can never stop a wind-born seed In your tears when you weep In the ditches in the streets In your wounds and your scars There's still an ember left flickering in the dark your roundup Even if you killed every wild weed Every bramble thorn and blue Every dandelion too A little seed is still gonna slip on through Even your trickle down Even if you keep down the working poor us in prison, but it's a dream that did us in. You can't stop the seed coming on the wind in the toenail of a dove, in the wheel hub of a truck. When a cow farts in St. Paul, was it sends a seed? Whistling down to Arkansas So you best think now Would you tamper with what you engineer Cause you reap just what you sow And something's gonna grow And where your treasure is Your heart follows Even if life